1: Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy John of the Macri with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast. As we come down the stretch of this. Season of seasons, this one of a kind, um, glorious ride that is nearing its um, hopefully its apex. We'll see. Um, of course, you are listening to us on a Monday, which means I am joined by my co-host Jeremy Cohen.
2: Jeremy, how are you feeling today? Feeling good. Feeling confident, you know. It's been a long feeling time confident. since <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, it's been a long time since we've seen the next play. Feels like an eternity, but yeah, it does. Um... how
1: have you spent your time off? Can I can I ask?
2: Sure. Uh, how have I spent my time off? I've been watching TV. Okay. that has been fun. Uh, I finished Call My Agent. Great show. I and did not know
1: back. there was a show that existed called Call My Agent.
2: It's very good. It's from France. It's... Okay. Uh, okay, okay. Yep. They're, they're actually coming back for a surprise. Fifth season in a movie. So that's fun. Nice. Uh, what else did I watch? I don't know. Some basketball. Maybe there's maybe a movie I saw. Something. Just being outside. Just starting to get beautiful out. So, uh, Yeah. Yes. How about you, John? How did you spend your time? Uh, there was some raking of leaves that
1: took place um, yesterday. That was my, that, that kind of, a walk. It was a walk around the neighborhood um, with, with uh, both of the girls. Um, I was in the mood last night. Cause uh, I, I watched a lot of basketball, but uh, last I, me, my wife and I, when it, when the kids are asleep before a certain hour, that's, it's movie night because it's a rarity. So if it's like, you know, that process bleeds into like eight thirty. then it's just like, all right, you're, you get to watch basketball tonight. But if it's like seven thirty, and my wife is like, all right, I got two and a half hours two 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 and a half hours of me, then it's movie night. So we, we decided to watch the Martian, which we, I, we had both seen before, but it was just, I don't know. We were in the mood for some, some kind of something comforting, something like, you know, just nice, easy. So yeah, Thanks. that was what we did. Yeah. I actually, I remembered, I rewatched the Truman show.
2: One of my oh,
1: It's great. Wow. Have yeah. not seen that movie in a while. I remember seeing that in the theaters and thinking like, this is the greatest
2: movie of all time. Did you also walk out thinking, what if what if the world's all in this on me? Like, what if I am the... Because there's a phenomenon where people felt the Truman Show effect and they believed that the entire world was built around them. And... I think...
1: Maybe this season it has. That's a good transition. Um, This is not your first rodeo, Um, because this season has been so. uh, It has been so charmed and blessed, and like everything. um, Where if if ever if ever I was gonna feel that way, it would actually be right now. And um, yeah, so for anybody who uh, needs it, um, quick update, the Knicks, as we sit here and record this. So actually, we should probably start off by saying, um, as has been the case for, I think, pretty much this entire season, for the the most part. uh, Jeremy and I are recording this episode on uh, Sunday at, uh, what is it, Uh, 10.39 a.m., as I sit here and look at the clock right now. So uh, the Knicks-Rockets game... Will not be finishing up until about twelve hours from right now. Um, I we felt comfortable moving. We we it was so uh, a little inside baseball. We were talking about last week, like as as we discussed on the pod a few weeks ago, like what would be the scenario where recording earlier in the day would be just like it really would be bad. And, and Jeremy, of course, being the doomsdayer that he is, was like, "What if they beat the Suns and the who they just played the Bulls?" Bulls. And then the Rockets game ended the win streak. <laughs> so <laughs> we, so given that that is not possible because they lost to the Suns, um, we were like, all right, um, we could record early and whatever happens tonight. Hopefully they don't lose to the Rockets. But if I don't know, the Bucks lost the Rockets, but they were without Giannis um, for all but a minute. Yeah, right. And, um, we hope that Kevin Porter Jr. does not score um, another uh, fifty points tonight. That would that would be uh, rough. Um, I feel pretty confident tonight. Which, and and I think. Just like, it's funny, you know, they have this West Coast uh, stretch right now. Um, And then they finish up with three games that are all, none of them are gimme's. The fourth spot is precarious. And if we're being honest, the top six spot is precarious. But I too, like you, I'm feeling confident. Um, And I I feel like, you know, things could still go sideways. But man, with eight games left here, um, sorry, nine games left, I am
2: feeling like this is I'm just, I'm feeling good. Right. Do we, should we feel that way? Is that a good re- reason to be? Sure. It? Why not? I mean, look again, this whole season is house money consider where we thought the Knicks would be. So I'll take where they're at. You know, I'd prefer to stay in four or five, but uh, the teams that are in five, six, seven are right behind the Knicks. So uh, you know, slipping up now and it's not, it wouldn't be New York's fault. I wouldn't blame them. West coast trips are usually pretty rough, but if you're able to, by the end of the season, survive in the four or five spot, then I think that's a pretty strong indication of how you've played as a season. Um, being able to overcome the last leg of that and and all those easier wins that maybe you, you added on that whole month of April, mm. that's important. That all plays into it and could be the reason between the Knicks potentially winning a first round series or just being blown out of one. So hopefully it's the former.
1: For sure. Although, I don't know, I... You know, I don't. Know, I should be more scared of the Bucks that I am, but we're we're getting ahead of ourselves. We don't have to talk about that right now. Um, what we should talk about, um, and look, I'm preface this by saying, for anybody who's like, why are you guys going to spend time talking about this? This is the same bullshit nonsense that we do every year.
2: Well, before before we get there, oh wait, should there's we, something else should before we the bullshit. Say, shouldn't we at least talk about the Suns and the Bulls so that that way people don't like oh you're just talking about that sure you know what do so a yes quick moment yeah
1: so before we get to the bullshit nonsense which i i am part of the bullshit nonsenseness 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 that's a
2: word nonsense yeah nonsense
1: nonsense <laughs> um uh the the knicks i think had a very good week um and we, we haven't spoken since they played these two games um kind of an interesting interesting week because they ended up losing the Suns game by, what are they ended losing by seven or eight, eight? And they ended up winning the Bulls game by 19. And it felt to me, at least like the much more well-played game was the Phoenix game. Um, even though they lost because Phoenix is, you know, spoiler alert, really fucking good. And um, who knows where they're going to go in the West. But I think for, for the Knicks to come out and show that they were, here's, here's what I take from this week. The Knicks came out against Phoenix show that they could play with the big boys while at the same time showing that they probably can't beat the big boys and against the bulls where they um obviously came out hot and then lollygagged their way through the second and third quarters they showed like they're good enough that they ha- i god famous last words they have an on switch right? Um, that they can just kind of flip. And they did. And and that on switch was probably more or less in the form of manual quickly, but they still turned it on. And I thought overall um, good week to position them moving forward.
2: Sure. Yeah. I think the idea as well, that the Knicks kind of look at the bigger opponents and and take them seriously. And the other ones that kind of just don't put their foot on the gas because we've seen that before where leads in the second half the second quarter have just evaporated. Uh, It was a clunky game for at least the bulls game for a bit of time. I think if you probably the first game, the first quarter for the bulls game against, you know, with the Knicks was great. I mean, they were up 30 to 12 at one point. Yeah. Right. So you think, oh, well, they should just keep growing this lead for a team that is without Zach Levine. And is basically just kind of floundering in a lot of ways. But they found a way to stick around and the Knicks let them stick around. And as you said, it took until Emmanuel quickly in the fourth quarter to really open things up for the Knicks and close down the game. I think for the Suns game as well. Yes. It it was great to see them hang in there. That was another game. I really felt that they could have and should have won, even though the Suns are clearly a better team. Could have won. I think should have won. won. I think should have won in the sense of the lead was, was large enough that with, you know, that third quarter and especially with yeah. Cam Johnson getting hot later on when he just stunk on ice before. And you could say, well, if he didn't stink on ice, then maybe he wouldn't be even close to begin with. Um but it, it took also some <laughs> Chris why stink Paul on miracle. ice. Well isn't that the expression?
1: I don't I'm sure I'm sure there is an expression stink on ice. I do not I am I'm not familiar with it. Fair enough. We'll
2: look it up after. But we'll yeah. look it up after. um but you know, I mean Chris Paul was miraculous at the end of the game. What happens if he doesn't hit a couple circus shots? Yeah. For sure, um, it's a difference. I mean, of course, Randall hit that amazing three out of the corner, and that was a circus shot in its own right. But I mean, that's just. You know, and, and I do want to say one thing in terms of Chris Paul. Obviously, if I knew the Knicks were going to be this good, I would have been more open to a Chris Paul trade. But the one thing that I I'm taking away from this, there's a reason why I'm kind of glad Chris Paul isn't a Nick. And I look, I would but have two. taken him. But I think also your your timeline's a bit more condensed. But more importantly. We <laughs> We're we breaking news. Sorry, I'll let you finish. Uh, let's see. Do
0: you, oh, follow, you get yes. Stein? Oh, yes, okay.
2: I do get Stein. All right. Um, <laughs> breaking, I'll just say, Huge breaking. <laughs> it's Ignace Brasdakis is signing a 10-day contract with the Magic. Huge breaking news. <laughs> Massive <away>. breaking news. <laughs> yes. Um, but the other thing is this. You know, you know, as, as well as anyone, that when Chris Paul's on your team, he elevates the level of play of your teammates. And seeing Julius Randle rise to this level, I'd hate the idea that his talent was only because Chris Paul was added. You know, like there would be this conversation of is Randall that good or is Chris Paul just making him good? And now Randall's playing with not a great point guard and he's able to make these strides. And we can say this is for real, at least we believe it to be. And now let's add great talent to elevate his game even more. So would have loved Chris Paul, of course, but he he fits perfectly with that Phoenix team. They're a little bit more ahead of the curve than Knicks are. So it all works out.
1: Well, and plus, in terms of like credit and don't mind my, my daughter's making her thoughts known on Chris Paul. Um, oh. She really this- wanted
2: the Knicks to trade for him.
1: Well, here's the thing about Chris Paul, though. If Chris Paul comes, and this is kind of what you just said, if Chris Paul comes to your team, it's Chris Paul's team. And we're seeing this with Devin Booker. Devin Booker is the second best player on the best team in a really brutal Western (laughs) Conference right now. And there's no guarantee. He's probably not going to make an all NBA team. Meanwhile, there's discussion that Julius Randle is going to be a first team all NBA player. So. So um, let's get to the nonsense. Actually, this is a good transition to the nonsense because if it's the one thing that we learned, I think watching the Suns game, or if the one, if the a reminder watching the Suns game, and um, I don't know if you caught any of Jason Tatum's uh, sixty-point explosion uh, the other night. I watched most of the fourth quarter and overtime of that game. Um, it's just a reminder that in the NBA, it's really, 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 really hard to win a basketball game if you don't have a perimeter player who has the capability of putting you on their back and, like, going off at some point. Um, and we got some Dame Lillard um, rumors this week. And they came from Mark Berman, who said uh, something. Well, do you actually have the exact – I should probably have the exact wording. What did it exactly say? That they're, like, going to look into it over the summer?
2: I think he said there'd be interest. They, there'd be interest. Teams match up perfectly – in terms of a trade and the Knicks would be willing to part with uh, three to four draft three yeah, to four first round picks. The, something the, wrong with
1: the specifics that he said in terms of like the deal that they'd like to hang on to RJ Barrett and we'll Toppin. it. RJ Barrett's not getting traded anywhere um, for as long as, unless he asks to leave and hopefully he never will. Um, that part of the story isn't interesting to me. The part of the story that's interesting to me is the Dame part of the story because um, well, again, uh, Andrew and I, Talked about Dame last week. Um, I did not pull that out of nowhere. Uh, spoiler alert again. Um, that, that that name has, has been floating around the garden, I think, uh, of late. And I don't know if it's coming from someplace and speci- specifically emanating out of Portland, emanating out of Dame's representation. But I did think that it was very interesting that bef- I, I had heard that before the Yahoo article From Chris Haynes, who, if anybody doesn't know, uh, he wrote an article basically saying that, hey, the Blazers need to get their shit together and get Dame some help. Um, He used to work uh, the beat in Portland. Um, It's not hard to read between the lines of where that. The sentiment is coming from, Uh, it (laughs) it was pointed out to me on Twitter that like that, that article speaks more to like, well, that was more like get Dame help, not get Dame out, to which my response is, well, then what happens if they can't get him the help he wants? What's the next step after that? Again, not hard to connect the dots here. Um, and then the Berman article drops, So I just, I'm going to turn it to you. What are your thoughts on the damn article?
2: I kind of hated the fact that it came out. And the reason I hated it was because it's the sort of thing where, yeah, maybe something works out, but there's so much good going on with the Knicks that turning this into like, oh, how are the Knicks going to get Damian Lillard, it just, it feels like it's taking it a step too far. Um, for what it's worth, I don't even see Dame asking out right now. I, you know, I don't disagree. I think there's absolutely an avenue where he says, this is really not working for me. And when you look at the teams that are out there and the players that might be movable and uh, the the assets that the Blazers have, which isn't a ton, um, then basically seeing like, well, who would we get? It's trading CJ for... I don't know what, what front court player is there really that is that attainable and makes sense. And so then when you configure the Knicks, I mean, sure, it's a perfect fit there, but my concern and it's, you know, Dame is going to be 31 next year. So yeah, I mean, you're, you're getting older, but you, you still have time. Um, it just, it just changes your window a bit more. Right. So to me, I think that trading for Dame, even in general, uh, I wouldn't want it to happen this off season anyway unless you're figuring out some sort of crazy way. And and I'm going to regret this probably, but there is a possible mathematical way of getting Kawhi on board and then trading for Dame. It's not going to happen. It's not even going to happen. Couldn't even make it through a whole episode. No, but I'm, but I'm I'm legitimately saying it will not happen. So can I ask you though? Why, why, why you think that would be the only way you'd want to bring Dame here this summer? All right. So let me put it this way. When you look at next year's free agent class, um, what you've got, Possibly Steph Curry, possibly Chris Paul, Bradley Beal, Zach Levine. Those are four all-star, you know, ranging in talent, of course, and age too, uh, and finances even as well. But you've got four fantastic backcourt options. And to me, it's kind of like, well, I don't see the Dame issue being resolved uh, right now anyway. I think they'll probably fire uh, Terry Stotts. They'll have a new head coach. They'll try something out. Good good head coach. He, yeah, I mean, Allegedly. sure, but <laughs> right, but he, he seems to was, have lost the locker <laughs> yeah. room. It's, been, it's been a lot. It's been almost a decade of right.
1: stocks now in Portland. It's
2: time. Um, yeah. And so I think that Dame, you know, he's been this loyal before. So why not continue being loyal to see where it goes a little bit longer? And then if that reaches a breaking point, I could see the following year doing something else. But I will say there to me, there's always uh, like there's good pressure and there's bad pressure in life. Um, good pressure. Very wise well, it's just the sort of thing like good pressure to me is actually what LeBron does where people think, oh, he's holding a front office hostage. Yeah, but he's also making sure that the front office does the right moves to create a legitimate contender because it used to be and it still has been that having LeBron James in your lineup usually leads to at least a conference finals uh, appearance. Well, it leads to a finals appearance if you and that like. too eight straight years. Right. And so the ability to say like, this is what we're going to do. Let's let's work together to make this happen. That to me is good pressure. Bad pressure is saying I'm here. I'm loyal. And I respect the hell out of loyalty. Believe me, I really do. But there's a complacency. It's like, oh, we're going to take your loyalty for granted and we're going to build around you. But at the end of the day, you're still going to be here.
1: Yeah. But there's a, there's a one caveat, which is that, and I think specifically the Cleveland situation where they had the Nets pick and they were, I think he was trying to get them to to put that pick in a deal to make them better right now, and they didn't, and then he ended up leaving. With Dame, I would actually argue that I think Portland has gone, like, what? how much, I just think they've been poorly, not, I shouldn't say poorly managed, they've made some nice transactions, they're not a bad team by any stretch of the imagination, but they also have made some missteps, and I'm just not, is there a situation where it's like, you could look at Portland and like, oh, they're not doing Or they've had opportunities to do better and knew it was the right move and said no? Or is it more just like, look, you guys have tried your best. It ain't working. That's I think it's more the latter, whereas I think with whatever we're getting off track. But yeah, but
2: in the sense of it never felt like Portland has really gone in on finding a, a third star. If you or second, you know, depending on how you see CJ, I see him as a great player who just does not get. All-Star recognition, but he, he'll he cap your ceiling a little He's bit He's the too. second
1: best player on their team and he should right. be the third
2: best player on a Agreed. championship team. Yeah. Right. So, but you know, the fact is that Portland has also botched numerous summers in my yes. opinion. I mean, yes. 2016, they had one of the worst. You know, I mean, like we talk about Joe you Noah and, and the hangover that we still feel from that. Oh, that Crab is was just comparison. As I mean, they had Alan Crabb for, for that monster uh, contract. They, they signed someone else to a huge deal. I'm I'm blanking. They, like, they didn't sign. Tur- did they sign the Turner, they Turner. Yes, they right. signed the Turner contract. contract. Okay. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, just they've they've. I mean, I'm not a Nurkic fan. I think that they've won. They've won all of their it, sp- uh, playoff series without Nurkic. It's a um, it's a
1: good val. I think it's a good contract. I think it's a good contract. I'm not a huge fan of him either. The only other thing that I'll say. Um in terms of Portland, the thing that, that stands out to me is the the pick. Um oh my god, the guy who hasn't been on the court, Zach uh Zach Collins. Zach Collins. When yeah. they had an opportunity to get if they wanted a center, there was a pretty good one who's down in Miami now. Um like could you imagine if Bam Adebayo was on that team? We're talking where it's a whole different
2: conversation. Yeah, and they had pick 15 and 20 in that draft and they traded up for Zach Collins. Yeah. So you know it's it's kind of rough for them. But with all the all this being said, I mean it'd be curious to see if um their general manager is still there um but who knows so yes when you consider all of these things and you can understand why it would make sense to to acquire Dame and I'm not so much against it I just I don't think that he'll reach his breaking point right now I think he's he's been this loyal he'll be willing to give it at least another year and go from there but um it can is. I ask you one question? Sure.
1: Do you if he asks out do you think that they will push back and they will they will basically not let him out because I think he's earned the currency with that organization, and quite frankly, in the league at large, that if he goes to them and he says, I want you to trade me,
2: I, I think they're going to trade him. It's not just that they would trade him, I think he would provide a list of teams and they would oh, yeah. honor that list. For sure, uh, he's, yes, he's yes. one of maybe five players or so who could do that. I think, and we're not talking about adding his ahead contract, ahead. we're talking about just
1: but, currency with the organization, a respect factor. Which is why that, but to me, that's where the interesting thing is because I, I almost wonder at this point is like talk about craziness, is, is there going to be some talk around the league like, I want to be the one to get to New York, and be the guy to pair with Julius Randle and help take the Knicks to the next step, like I, here's the thing, it's not insane for me to think Dame's going to want out. It's not insane for me to think Dame's going to look around the league and think the Knicks are the best option for a variety of reasons. Mm -hmm. Perhaps the most prominent of which is there would be none of the, oh, he's joining a super team. No, 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 no. This is not Kevin Durant joining the Warriors. This is the possibility of an MVP candidate going to a team that's a nice spunky story and elevating them to contender status. Um, And I think there's a real possibility that, they would be able to put a package together that would make Portland say, yeah, okay, we'll do it. I just don't know what, like that's, that's kind of where I I don't think it's insane. And I don't think it's the wrong move either for the Knicks.
2: Yeah, no, I think there's an absolute possible chance, especially when you look at the, the layout of what the NBA is right now, the teams that, you know, I mean, yes, you could always see a team make an upgrade, kind of put some huge offer in. Um, But I, I think that based on where teams are kind of situated, and, and maybe what Dame would like and where he'd want to be, where he could see a clear cut option to win. Uh, and still, you know, I mean, if you go to New York, you're going to have millions of fans behind you. You can't say that if you go to say like a small market team of sorts. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, he's found loyalty within that small market, but I don't think anyone would blame Dame for leaving. No one this would blame him.
1: Right. right. So, not a person in the world. He It would be, I actually think league wide, I think it would be celebrated yeah by the general by the average nba fan.
2: And if you're uh Portland, then you probably turn around and you trade CJ as well. You're not going to be a good team, so between the picks you got from and talent you got from both of those players um and the ability to then essentially tank, that's you're in a really great spot. Um the, that's another not- another reason why yeah. I don't think they'll trade Dame too is because they're going to want to try to re-sign Norman Powell and then if they keep him, they can also flip him the year after to get someone. And the, the big conversation is yeah. this, you know, those players I named those all-stars, all NBA caliber players. Would you rather try to take a shot at signing one of them for free? Or would you rather try to trade a lot of your assets for Dame? Because here's my those, big thing. My going. big thing is this. If you're the Knicks, I, I really want the Knicks to sign someone. And then a know year you or do. two, we all do. Right. Of course. But a year or two down the line, you can try to create more salary, and then you use your picks and that salary to match for another star, you know, whoever that might be. I, Around that time, like twenty twenty three, that's I, when you can then have this this bigger team and be deeper, and you've got all these assets that you can just, then parlay. You hear into what she's something. doing? She's agreeing with me. No, she's not agreeing. She with is you, agreeing with John. And
1: the, because the reality that you're talking about, I think, to a certain extent, doesn't exist
2: in the NBA anymore. I do not I think but we're why, di- why can't it? Because I did with who? Who is it going to exist with? What it, but what is the rush? The Knicks have this offseason and next offseason to make a move. If Dame's not calling to be moved right now anyway, it's all moot, right? So then if we're waiting another off season, you see what unfolds, and if you're able to sign someone and not give up a haul for Dame, great. That's awesome. Especially if they're younger. I mean, or you- in the case of someone like Steph Curry, where he, I mean, at age 34, I'm absolutely so, but, committing a max contract to him. Yeah, but all, so that... All these conversations, you know, Dan doesn't have to be your plan A. He can be part of all of your plans so, without having to no, just be the guy. So this is my issue is because
1: I I don't think we live in the world anymore where it's just like, no, 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 no. We're not going to give up all the stuff to get the top seven or eight player now. We're going to wait at the chance that a top seven or eight player is going to grace us with his presence in free agency. And I just... In, I don't see who that guy is because unless you like, are you, do you think Steph Curry is leaving Golden State?
2: She doesn't think so. Do you think Joel Embiid saying, is not going to sign the Supermax? No, I think Joel Embiid is insane. You think, my point is this, if, if you're Steph, right? And you're looking at the situation around you. And wh- last time I checked, the the Warriors had, I think the 23rd or so best offense. This was maybe a week ago. So it certainly, you know, changed a little bit, but not to such a staggering degree. And you're basically saying, okay, well, I'm coming back. When you know he could resign for his age, thirty-four to thirty-eight seasons. Yeah, and say I could stay with Clay Thompson on the wrong side of thirty, off of torn ACL and torn Achilles. So this is a courage. I could say with you. Draymond, what? So you're you're punting on the. Ch- so basically, but it's not it's not punting because I don't see Dame being available this off season anyway. I guess that's where we disagree. That's, I, I think I don't think it's insane. It's it's not so much insanity. It's more. I think that yes, I could see him saying like we're all in a different direction. You want not agree that coach. I don't think it's far-fetched. It's not so much far-fetched. I just don't think that he's and I could be completely wrong here. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think that he is at the point where he's broken out and says, I wanna go right now. Okay. I want to be gone. Can we can we agree on this? If he says I wanna go and I wanna go to the Knicks, the
1: Knicks are not in a position to turn down a trade in which they would give up, let's just call it the Harden package. Okay. I don't think the Knicks are in a position to, to say no to giving up the Harden package for Dame at the prospect of, because here's the reality. You're you're saying no to that for one of two reasons. You're saying no to that either because you are so confident someone's just going to walk through your door in free agency that is going to make as big of a difference towards in championship equity, not conference finals equity, in championship equity as Damian Lillard or you think that there is going to be another superstar that is going to demand a trade for you that you could get for a similar package. And looking around the league right now, I just don't see where the gar- where the even the remotely likely free agent is that is going to walk through your door because I don't see Curry leaving. Joe, Embiid, Embiid and Jokic aren't going anywhere. Um, so then it's like okay, do you wait for Donovan Mitchell or Devin Booker to request a trade from their situations on the hope that one of those things happen, by the way, they're the top two teams in the league. Right. Now. I just, I agree he,
2: with you. I do. If, if the situation wants, presents itself, I think you have to jump on it. Yes. If he wants out, then it changes the dynamics of all of this. Because okay. Then you're looking at a situation where, okay, well, he's gone. We can do something about this. You know, then you can use, yes, you've got all this. So we agree stuff. then if he yes. asks out, they should put together the package. You just don't think he's going to ask out. Okay. Exactly. All right. That's where
1: I'm that's, at. that's no, that's fair. I, I, I,
2: because I if he asks it, out just for what it's worth, you can take on a lot of his salary, but you can also send back what Kevin Knox. Then there's, I mean, I would have to, to dig a little deeper into the math. It shouldn't take me long, but uh, but the idea is you'd have enough money left over because Dame really got screwed over by the whole salary cap issue because he's he was a 38, to sign. I think. Uh, it's th- yeah, around thirty-nine point. And they're
1: he's at thirty-eight. They're going to have fifty. It's it's Knox. It's it's. I mean,
2: well, th- well, this will probably segue us into the next conversation with yeah. in terms of Obi. But yeah, there there's a way where you can create more money and then sign a fourth starter, if you will. Uh, yeah. You could still even keep Mitch. It probably means you lose quickly. Um, if we're being honest, I, I don't see why they wouldn't want him. I I, but, I think you're
1: I think you're looking at two of quickly Obi and Mitch and your pro- I so that's actually interesting from a roster building standpoint if you have Dame and you have RJ um does so you make-
2: probably resend Bullock in some manner
1: Yeah I mean you would you would you would feel more comfortable with a with a whether it's Bullock or somebody else might as well be Bullock with a wing who all he does is kind of play the Joe Harris role um, you know, you don't need the, you don't need the creation from the shooting guard spot because you have Dame and you have RJ and have Julius. Right. So I, th- I wonder if it would make quickly more expendable. I think it's probably a moot point because as you intimated, I don't think they're making this trade without quickly in it, That Portland. Um, so is it quickly and Obi? is it quickly and Mitch and, um, and then it's the picks, you know, but I
2: think one reason why the Knicks would maybe not be interested in trading Mitch in this scenario Is because by having, if they make him a restricted free agent, they create more salary that way. And that's tradable salary. If they wanted to, they could keep Mitch too because he would certainly address a problem that they would have um, in that being a starting caliber center who could then help actually, you know, be part of a defensive caliber team that, that is that consistent is a legitimate contender, but you know, that sort of thinking as well of how do you create salary and, yeah, you know, I mean, we've got Luca Vildoza coming over as well. So uh does that the immortal Luca Vildoza. Right, He's maybe- the answer. He's the yeah. skeleton key that unlocks all this. Yeah, I mean Derek Rose has certainly <laughs> made quite a lot of money can in I his p- career. So can I push back on the Mitch he- thing?
1: I sure. actually think that I, I actually think it would make it more likely that they would want to keep Mitch because of its it's one point eight next year, as opposed um maybe that makes a little bit of a difference. They keep him on his final year and then just figure
2: we'll work we'll figure out the Right, I I'm not saying trade self. him right away. I'm just saying collect as much saying. salary as you can so that that way you keep, you know, and then maybe yeah. you use you're over the cap, and then you use the mid level exception. There's um, a lot of there's a ton of there, options. Right, today. you can go down a rabbit hole, and, and but it's the question of will the Knicks even have to do that? How? What is Dame's limit? We don't know. We don't know what Dame's uh, breaking uh, point is. I I just
1: if they finish. You know, and we should say in the West right now things are really jumbled. From it's really five to seven. Someone's going to end up in that seven spot with the play-in. It's probably going to be Portland. Um, If it is Portland, and like I don't know, it's not guarantee they beat whether it's Memphis or San Antonio or who's the other team in that uh, Golden State. Um, It's not a guarantee they win that game. And if they do win that game, I mean, what are they doing against the Suns? What are they doing against the Jazz? What are they doing against the Clippers? What are they doing against the Nuggets? All those teams. I think possibility of whitewashing
2: the blazers. I don't know. I, it, 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 it bears watching. Can we agree to that? Sure. And you Bear. want to hear a fun caveat that comes with the blazers. Don't make the playoffs. I love if it. Blazers don't make the playoffs. They can't trade any of their future first round picks. Because, because of their the pick covington is, deal. It's protected. Uh, their first round picks lottery protected, oh, which is so yes. if they don't make the playoffs, then they have to either go back to Detroit and say,
0: what can we do? Or excuse Or I guess it's, Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Houston, in this case, because the pick was moved to Houston. Oh God, and
2: say what can the... we add to unprotect our pick so we can trade to add someone around But they,
1: the. they already owe a future pick.
2: They owe yeah. a first round pick, but all of their picks would be locked in because it's lottery protected through twenty twenty seven and then the twenty twenty eight pick comes aboard, but they can't trade oh, that I because suppose. then it's a stepian issue. So they'd have to uh, go oh back to God. Houston I, and okay. say yeah, what you. can we do to free to unfreeze yeah. our picks and it's just No, it's messy. Um it's a, it's gross. It's
1: gross. It's <laughs> it gross. is. It's gross if you're Portland and you <laughs> yes. want to fix this. OK, let's move on. Uh, I think we did the game uh, conversation justice. You are more interested in this than me, so I'm going to let you vent for however long you want. Um, there was a, a snippet in a Yahoo article that I want to be clear. I did not read that as a report. I read that as some author. I don't. I'm not gonna to pretend to know who it is, I don't care. Saying that Knicks need to trade Obi Top in this summer because uh he plays the same position as Julius Randle, I guess. And uh therefore you must trade him for 58 cents on the dollar. I don't know. Um, this this
2: got under your skin a bit, I believe. Well, it was more this, and then the idea of the Knicks then would not trade Obi for Damian Lillard. This idea that it's like, you know, if push comes to shove, it's like, you know, we okay. want Obi. No, okay, the deal's dead. Just all this conversation with Obi, and it just ties back to the fact of he's... I don't see him really going anywhere, but that doesn't mean he wouldn't be moved. I don't know. Uh, and, and this conversation about, you know, like, okay, well, Randall is playing at an all-NBA level. Uh, you can still have Obi getting better behind him. Maybe he sees more minutes at the five next yeah. year. Um, You know, especially if the Knicks don't retain New Orleans Noel. Do you, do you play him 10 minutes a game at the five and do yep. some sort of small ball lineup? It's a possibility. Right. So it just it didn't so much get under my skin. It was just like, why are we, why are we having so many outrageous takes about Obi Toppin? Just because people love the right shit. Of course. But you know, just, just let him do his thing. And then we can evaluate later on. You don't have to make it done right now. Uh, He's clearly beloved. Um, Fits so, in
1: well with the culture. I think he's shown growth. Like there's zero reason to trade this guy right now, unless someone wants to pay you a hundred cents on the dollar, um, yeah. which I don't even know what that would be. But like, whatever. We don't need to talk about it right now. I, I hear you. Um, the more interesting thing for me is is the as you called it the Perry article, even though I said I I think of it as the RJ article. That's fine. Whatever. Reasonable minds can differ. Yeah. Um so this one I should know who wrote this. This was this was Berman also.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, um, wrote about how Scott Perry had an opportunity to uh, trade uh, the third pick to Atlanta for the eighth pick and the tenth pick in um, the 2019 draft. Um, those picks ended up being Jackson Hayes, who now plays for the Pelicans, and uh, Cam Reddish, who has been out for month, two months now in Atlanta. A while. Yeah. He, he's persona non grata. I don't know if he even gets in that rotation. If he comes back healthy with the way, how many guys they have, but neither here nor there, um, you know, there were other guys on the board. I don't think anybody jumps out. The point is um, Scott Perry, apparently was the, the reason, a reason, a big reason why they did not make that trade. Um, and um, look, <sighs> Do you want to give? up Fine. You want to give Scott Perry credit for for not doing a thing that would have been, I I think looked at as a little silly. I to me the the the, the move that would would have been interesting and and. I, I look. I love RJ. But like, if you were telling me that you could get um, what did what did Cleveland take Garland at? Uh, five, I think, or was he the fourth pick? Uh, he was fifth. Who's who's was fourth? Why Hunter. am I blanking? Huh? DeAndre Hunter. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Hunter was four. Okay. Um, if you could have gotten like uh Garland and like a future calves first, that could have been unprotected at some point in the future. Like that's, that's a more interesting conversation. I think mm-hmm. um, three for eight and 10, wouldn't have been a good deal. And I think I don't know that anybody would have looked at it at the time and said like, that's a, that's a worthy deal. And they certainly wouldn't look at it now and say it was a worthy deal, but you want to give Scott Perry credit for this. Fine. Do, do you want to give Scott Perry credit for this?
2: I think you have to, in some manner. I mean, listen, I, I understand a lot of Knicks fans don't like Scott Perry, and I often fall on the side of where like a lot of his moves have not looked great. Uh, we know there's some connections with players that also uh, would be better off if those connections didn't transpire in New York, uh, specifically, uh, for example, you know, with, with Peyton, um, but other, other moves as well. And I just I go back to this mindset of we've seen him do one deal on his own. And that was the Marcus Morris trade. And that was a good deal. Other than that, it's, it's very much, okay. Is he a Steve Mills uh, product? Is he a Leon Rose product? That's kind of how it feels to me. And it's hard for us to pinpoint maybe what he has done and what he hasn't done. Uh, And I I think that a lot of times people would say like, well, picking RJ was the no brainer move. And I agree. I absolutely agree. I think RJ was the, the guy at three and it was pretty obvious, but clearly there were dissenters. There are people who just didn't, believe that that was the case um and I think it's nice to at least acknowledge that someone preferred quality over quantity because sure. even if he didn't take Jackson Hayes or uh, Cam Reddish I, although I would imagine he would have taken Cam Reddish I mean you could have had um Hachimura in there um uh, there's other talent that was for, certainly for what what board, worth they, it wasn't a great draft after that no but for, for what it's worth
1: I think there are pe- certainly people in the NBA who if you ask them would you rather have R.J. Barrett or Hachimura and Tyler Harrow, I have to think that there are people in the NBA who would take the, the package of Hachimura and Harrow.
2: They'd be idiots, but sure, they would they would exist.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, I would not. is uh, a good it, player. is a good my, player. My Harrow, Harrow Harrow's d- despite having a, a down year, I think is still a, a good player. I would he's, rather he's, have... Our, he's fine, but again, yeah. this goes to the point of, do you want quality or quantity? And do you I want two take... quarters or, or do you or do
1: you want the... Fi- well, actually, no, that's not... Do, what is it? It would be like... Yeah, I guess two quarters or a dollar.
2: I don't know so if well, i four quarters RJ or a the, dollar.
1: Yeah, um, sure. Well, no, that, but that's, yeah, yeah I guess, that, whatever. Yeah. Uh, we would both rather have RJ Barrett. I'm just throwing that out there. Yes. Um, the Frank thing, uh, apparently the Knicks could have moved, um, according to Ian Begley of SNY, uh, could have moved Frank around the deadline. And uh, there are at least some people in the organization that still believe in him, which is interesting because um, I think a lot of people were under the impression that Steve Mills was his his saving grace um, for a period of time, and that Scott Perry is the one that wanted him out of there. Steve Mills is no longer making basketball decisions. So I think it begs the question, like, who still believes in him? Who wants him there? Um, maybe it's Tibbs. How crazy would that be? Is that insane? I don't think that's insane at all. I, think I, I actually think Tibbs really does like Frank and just feels like he's just not a part of his best 10-man healthy unit right now.
2: I think that's but, fair. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I wanted to believe as a Frank fan that Frank staying was a sign that he'll be here long-term, but there are plenty of other players that the Knicks could have traded at the deadline and they chose not to because they liked what the team was doing and the chemistry that was working for them. And clearly things are paying off. So at the end of the day, you know, it all comes down to uh, dollars and cents. I just, I don't know what role Frank will have moving forward, especially when you look at what the Knicks are, are doing. I'd love to see him back. It's just, what is the deal? Is he, Are the Knicks really going to tap into future cap space if they are, don't get a player like Damian Lillard this summer? Uh, and then they go into the 2022 off season. Are they going to spend valuable cap space on Frank? I don't necessarily do you, see it.
1: Do you think that there's any chance they, they give him a qualifying offer, which um, is it? I eight. could be way off. Like, is is eight, it million eight million. I was about right to say million. it's eight. Okay. I don't think there's a chance in hell they give him the qualifying offer.
2: I don't think they would either. Just based on the fact that, you know, I mean, like if, Yes. If Frank wanted to be moved because he would technically get a no trade clause, then they could do that. But I think they would much rather say like, well, you're you are replaceable in some ways, at least on the court. Um, We just know that based on the fact that Tibbs doesn't really run him out there that much. So I'd love to I'd love to see him prosper in New York. I just don't know what avenue that is. But, you know, that's why I I don't want to I don't want to give myself hope. (laughs) <laughs> by the fact that that he is here past the deadline. That means he's staying. Um, I, I'm blaming you if my daughter wakes up because uh, that, that
1: it, it, it's look, we all like to have hope with Frank. I still have hope. You still have hope. All of the hive has hope. I just, um, if you're Frank, are you going to accept the money that is being offered to you from the Knicks this summer when there is another team out there in the league that is going to be like, look, we can't pay a a ton, but you'll play here or you'll have the opportunity to win a real spot. That's the thing I keep coming back to. And maybe look, maybe there's no team out there of 29 other teams who looks at him and is like, we're going to give you a chance to compete for a a spot, like a real chance. I think there will be at least one such team.
2: I agree. Especially given that he's not going to cost a whole lot. I mean, you could give him the room exception or part of it. That's, you know, at most almost $5 million. Um, and I know that people might be thinking, well, he's not worth anywhere near that. But I mean, Chris Dunn just got the room exception and he hasn't played a single minute this how about, entire season. How about um,
1: Oklahoma, Oklahoma City and, and Toronto are the two obvious teams to me. If you're Oklahoma City and you have all the cap space in the world and you have no intention of spending it on, on any long term money other than maybe taking on bad salary this summer. Like, why wouldn't you offer Frank two years, you know, whatever? Ten million dollars or something. Right. Like I, I don't think that's crazy at all. Okay. Um. I, I don't think we need to really do, do a long progress report right now. Um. We mentioned. We we talked about Obi. Mentioned quickly. Um. Was the most important player. Uh. Other than Julius Randall, who's the most important player in every game he plays. Um. I think quickly was arguably the most important player in the Bulls game. That were there players that had better games. Absolutely. Um. But I think him coming in and um, really shooting the lights out of the ball for about four four and a half minutes was big because it was a reminder to me that if the Knicks are going to pull an upset um, in the playoffs, I, and we've touched on this concept before I think quickly is going to be the reason. I think he's the the wild card. I think he's the guy that can single-handedly because we, at this point, I feel so confident in knowing for the most part, what we're going to get from Julius Randle, RJ Barrett, Nerlens Noel, Derek, like go down the line, Reggie Bullock, Quickly, it's not that I think it's not that I'm worried about what he's going to bring to the table. It's more just like I don't. What's the way to put it? Not that he runs hot and cold. What's the? Because he's not. If you look at the numbers, he's not consistent. He'll have you know three game or, or three points or six points in one game, and then he'll go off for twenty or twenty-five. But I don't know. It just I hate to put this on Tibbs, and it's not on Tibbs. But like it feels like whenever he gets a real opportunity, he com- he comes through, right?
2: I think so. That's how it seems. But yeah, I think the benches are, are, the rotation is going to shorten a little bit. I don't, we could see 10 man rotations, but I feel like it's more likely we see really heavy eight, nine guys um, playing, you know, maybe Alfred just sets the table like he's kind of been doing starting the first, starting the third, and then checking out for the majority of the game, if not the whole game after that. So, and then you're wondering about who fits that spot. Well, how is Alec Burks? Is he going to be healthy? are you going to bring him back into the fold? Because I mean, you just named what four or five players. I mean, we've let's just say the four, four starting guys um, elf for a little bit of time. You're probably going to have Taj in there. Maybe you see Alec Burks, uh, Derek Rose, and even just quickly um, that would be nine right there. So, you know, I, I'd be curious to see if he does get a lot of that time. But again, we've talked about how the Knicks don't really have a ton of Players who have had playoff experience I and mean, they have some, but yeah. it's what, maybe about three? Well, four? It's well, the
1: guys a significant playoff experience. It's Rose and Taj, and then Burks has some. And but Noel have, has a little bit last semester. Noel, yes, you're right. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot and I'm going to jam you up big time. This is going to be a lot of fun for me. Um, we should say the Knicks are four games back of the Bucks right now. Bucks actually have two straight against the Nets. Um, and so. The race isn't quite over, um, but the, oh boy, would the Bucks need to fall on their face. We're more looking at the Hawks, the Celtics, and the Heat um, as we sit and record this right now. And again, this is going to change by the time you listen to this. The Knicks are a game, up on, game and a half up on the Hawks and Celtics and two games up on the Heat. Um, let's assume they get in and... Um, well, they're in the play in. We should say that. We should, we, we talk about burying the lead. They're in the play in. They're mm-hmm. going to be in the play in. That is now a certainty. At the worst. At the worst. At the worst. Um, Taj Gibson, one of those players that has playoff experience. We know Tibbs trusts him. What do you think is more likely that Tibbs pulls Peyton, a healthy Peyton? from the rotation entirely. We don't have to talk about who replaces him. It's a longer conversation, but pulls him from the rotation entirely, puts in whatever, quickly, Rose, Burks, into the starting lineup. Or that a healthy Mitchell Robinson goes into the rotation. I have to go with the the first option. So you think it's more likely that Peyton is pulled out of the rotation altogether than Mitch going into the rotation.
2: Well the Mit I mean, the Knicks I don't believe have acknowledged that Mitch is out for the year because they I haven't they well. want to rule him out. But I will say that this injury that Mitch has, there is a history of it reoccurring. Mm-hmm. And I think usually it takes closer to forty to fifty games that he would that a player would have to miss in terms of coming back. Yep. Mitch will have missed about thirty. Yep. So you're close, but I mean, let's say it's on the more cautious side. We're now jumping the gun by 20 games. Yep. What is the risk that you're running for his long-term health? Um, what does that mean for his salary for next year? I mean, if, if we want to be honest, uh, if Mitch had to be hurt during a season, if you're the Knicks and you're anticipating a potential contract, then you're at least looking at a silver lining here. You wanted him to be healthy, of oh, course. That's cynical. That's cynical, but that's cynically, I, that's I cynical for you. It's not that cynical. It's though. cynical. It's, it really isn't though. I think it, I think the, you could listen, you could argue your case.
1: I think it's cynical though. Cause you're basically saying that they would keep a healthy, Mitchell Robinson out. I'm saying he.
2: I'm saying he probably based on what we've seen, you know, every case is different. Obviously we don't know what his condition is. If he's Look at you're getting all soft
1: voiced all of a sudden true. to try to, to try to lessen the blow of your cynicism, but it,
2: But it's, it's not Embrace just cynicism. Your cynicism. He's hurt. He's, he's clearly hurt. He just had surgery. I'm,
1: and you're saying that they that the contract would factor into them keeping or not keeping him no, I, not
2: not no. I don't think that you know, uh, one postseason series is gonna change the dynamic. I think the time for him this season was there. It's yeah, you know, one playoff series is going to dictate what his payday is. I'm saying all of it combined. yeah, no. Listen, I'm not arguing about the fortuitousness from the Knicks
1: point of view that he got hurt this year. I'm not arguing with that. I'm just arguing the... the, I I thought you were saying that they would hold him out if he was healthy purely for the contract. I I just don't see him
2: as being healthy based on the fact that he was hurt at a time where, again, like you've got that 40-50 game span. He's not close to that. So I don't want to see him get hurt again. Like, you know, the contract thing, he had his, like I'm saying, he had his chance to to prove why he should be paid a yes. big salary. And yes. we can't make up for that last time. A playoff series isn't going to do that.
1: No, I, I 100%. I, I'm not disagreeing with the words you're saying. Um, and and I agree with you wholeheartedly also that I think there is a much higher chance that Alfred Payton gets pulled from the rotation than we ever see Mitchell Robinson again this season. I don't think there's a prayer that we're seeing Mitch again this season. I think me and you were on the same page about yeah. that. Okay. Um, predictions? Are we there? I think we're there. I think we're there. Okay, so... Let me go ahead and pull up the old big board here. Um, so we are. So we uh, we always do this. We don't have Andrew as a tiebreaker either. Are we predicting the Rockets game that will have been played by the time folks are listening to this? Let's do it. Okay, sure.
2: Let's- because we're we're doing the whole week, so let's
1: do that. We're doing the whole week. Okay. So um, on the docket. Wow, we have five games we're predicting because we're going to record. I think. Oh wait, no, yeah. we're not. No, we're we report No, we're, we have four. Okay, because Mother's Day. Uh, happy Mother's Day, uh, moms, that we did not forget about um, at all, unlike other people who may be involved with this podcast. Um, not me, but yes. Not me <laughs> I don't know who it could be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it, Andrew, it, I, we won't get into it, but Andrew is an amazing son. Uh, we'll, we'll just leave it at that. Um, okay. At Houston, uh, at Memphis, at Denver, at Phoenix, uh, I You're always the one who remembers. How did we do last week? I said one and one. Went one and one. Okay, great. So um, this is tough. This is tough because uh, this is tough. Actually, well, no, it's not tough. I feel really good about this.
2: Uh, It's it's. I'm gonna go two. two, two two. All right, I'll go one and three. Really? Well. I mean, listen. The Knicks, no, I, haven't, the Knicks haven't won in Denver, I think, since uh, the Bush administration. So which one? The, oh yeah, <laughs> uh, HW. So it, it's, I been about, it's been I about, about thirty years. I, it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think they can hang tough with with Phoenix, and I think they could potentially win uh. that Grizzlies game. But uh, I. It's yeah, that's tough. I'd love to see. I I want to be wrong. I want to see. I think a two and four West Coast trip would be a success. Um, uh, I,
1: I've I've said that on on record, and I'm I'm yeah. not going to change now. Um, but for
2: this one, I'm going to have to go one and three since you took two and two.
1: You would you have taken two and two?
2: Uh, yeah, I might have considered it. Just, uh, you know, having Memphis in there, I think the Phoenix game, Phoenix game, that might have been a stretch, but hung I close. M-
1: so, I might have considered it. Speaking of politics, you're you're quite the politician over here. Um.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. We made it through a show without Andrew in one piece. Um. I hope you, I, I hope. Uh. I, I hope we're both wrong, and I hope they go three and one. Let me ask you this: what What
2: would? What would sh- would four and two shock you on this trip? Probably. I think what would surprise me the most is if any of those wins came in Denver. That would be the bigger thing. For anybody hot. who doesn't
1: know, Denver, since Murray has gone down, and I don't know if they play uh, tonight. I, I should know that, but I don't. Um, has I think they're 8-1 and one without Murray. Um, like, yeah, yeah they're, they've been awesome. Um, I just actually – I'm looking at the other teams. I agree with you. I don't think they're going to win in Denver. But I think – what is that? Oh, I have a, a post-practice uh, press conference right now. Um, I think they could win in – I think they could steal one of the L.A. games because neither uh, – I mean, LeBron is still feels like working his way back. Um, you know, we'll see. Clippers yeah. haven't been exactly lighting it up. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. Four four and two would, would surprise me a great deal. I, would I?
2: Would it shock me? Shock? Shock is
1: such a strong word. Okay. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna dwell on that. Jeremy, anything from you before we get out of here?
2: Uh, we've got one thing from a producer corner. Since Andrew's not here, we'll we'll pick up the slack. Uh, happy birthday, Chris! Uh, Chris Percy in. The birthday boy is now a birthday man, although he's technically of legal He's age still before. a teenager. You're not a yeah, man he's if you're still, a teenager. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, uh, apparently, we are ranking the following celebrities that share a birthday with Chris. So uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, David Beckham, Paul George, Ellie Kemper from The Office, Bridesmaids, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, uh, Pat McAfee, and DC Young Fly, who Andrew has written as, in parentheses, a rapper, apparently.
1: I mean, it's my own personal ranking. Yeah. I mean, I don't know who DC Youngfly or Pat McAfee are. Pat McAfee
2: was a uh, kicker. He's a puncher for the Colts.
1: I don't care. Um, I'll put put Ellie Kemper at the top. Um, And I actually didn't even make it through season one of Kimmy Schmidt, but I really do enjoy her in the office and Bridesmaids I think is has an argument for the best comedy of the last whatever 10, 12 years. Um, so I'll put Ellie Kemper, and then I don't really care about any of these other people. Who? Who? What about your list?
2: Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, I think Ellie Kemper makes me laugh quite a bit, uh, yeah. so I'll put her number one. Uh, the Rock, Michael second. Actually, just, you know what? I'll put Rock. David.
1: I'll put David Beckham second because I'm, I've always been a big Posh by spin. So, but I'll, I'll, but by association, I'll put David Beckham second.
2: All right. And I'll exclude Pat McAfee and DC young fly. Well, at least I'll exclude DC young fly. Cause I honestly didn't know him before seeing this. Um, and I'll put, I'll put Paul George. Fourth to continue um, the apparent slander that I keep giving him. I'll put Paul George last. I think that's what I'm going to do. That's Paul fair. George I'd first. put him behind DC young fly. Um, Put him behind DC. Yeah. I feel bad for DC Young Fly. I'm sure. Well, let's a think. Like how, I can't hate on DC Young Fly because I don't know. So. Oh, sorry. Emmanuel quickly is talking. All right. I'm gonna go listen <laughs> to
1: what he has to say. And uh, everybody out there, uh, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Next Film School Podcast. Uh, we will be back with you another episode before you know it. Take care.